0: Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Tonight, we're going to continue on from last week. So last week, we, um, I introduced us to a creative translation of um, John chapter 1, which talks about um, entering the divine conversation. So it bounces out of... Um, Erasmus, who was a fifteenth-century um, theologian, who translated the word "logos" as, as "conversation." Now, in some ways, it's a little bit of a stretch from the original Greek, and in some ways, it's capturing something I think of the essence of that passage that kind of brings it to life in a new kind of way. Um, so, and and I think it's you know faithful um, in its essence as a um, maybe slight, maybe more paraphrase. Um, translating the essence of this passage as opposed to a literal Greek word for Greek word translation. But um, last, so last week we talked about the listening part of the conversation and tonight we're going to wrestle and kind of get creative about the speaking side of entering the divine conversation. So how about we read it together um, and we'll just sit, sit in this. John chapter 1 and it's verses 1 to 3 and then 9 to 14. It all arose out of a conversation, conversation within God. In fact, the conversation was God. So God started the discussion and everything came out of this and nothing happened without consultation. The subject of the conversation, the original light Came into the world, the world that had arisen out of his willingness to converse. He fleshed out the words, but the world did not understand. I love that image. Like Jesus fleshed out the words. It's like you can imagine him, like if you could couldn't picture it as like kind of like sign language, if you could imagine Jesus like explaining to the world. The conversation, the, that love, the God of grace and peace and mercy, and He's no one's understanding what He's saying. You know, it's a great, it's a great picture. He came to those who knew the language, but they did not respond. Those who did, they became a new creation, God's children. They read the signs and they responded. These children of God were born out of sharing in the creative activity of God. They heard the conversation still going on, here, now, and took part, discovering a new way of being people. To be invited to share in a conversation about the nature of life was for them a glorious opportunity not to be missed and i love that that picture of like us as god's people the children of god that are born out of the creative activity of god that we get to hear the conversation that's still going on here and now like it's not a conversation that once was had ages ago and is just on repeat but it's like an ongoing alive conversation happening you know in god and we get to 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 hear as best we can some of that conversation and we get to take part and discover a new way of being people. Like I think that's a beautiful picture of what it means to have a spiritual life, that to have a spiritual life is a a listening and speaking activity. It's It's a tapping in or a tuning into the divine God conversation that's been happening since before the beginning of time and will continue on long after we have gone and we get to enter in and listen and hear the words being spoken, to enter in the creative activity that that those words kind of produce in the world. And we get to to speak as well. It's not just we're passive listeners um, to this ongoing thing, but we're invited into the heart of it to speak as well and to participate and join the conversation. So I think that this this translation of, of John 1, I've been praying, it came up in a, a prayer book that I've been sitting with. It was just, it's just enlivened my kind of understanding of what the spiritual life can be and, um, you know, just the idea of listening and speaking in the ongoing conversation. And and I just want to remind us, like I, I said this last week, but I just want to say up front, like that to... We're going to be speaking about, again, speaking in the divine conversation. Last week we spoke about listening. But I don't want to give the impression in any way that it's a simple, easy thing to just enter the divine conversation. Like, it's, it's not. Like, I don't know. Well, maybe it is for you. Maybe I'll give you a free pass to say I'm ace at listening and speaking to God. But I have to be honest to say that this, it's not always been easy for me. And and it's not always currently something that's easy for me. It's like muscles that I have to build. It's like tuning my ear in to what God might be saying. It's about getting it wrong. It's about wrestling. It's about wondering. It's about asking questions. It's about thinking, God, what are you on about? And then even as we enter it, it's, it's about humbly entering the conversation knowing that we only see in part, we only hear in part. And let's be honest, we only speak in part and half the time we get it wrong. So we need to like, you know, humbly approach the whole idea that the spiritual life isn't three easy steps to whizzing out the listening and the speaking. It's an ongoing wrestle that we do as people of faith to enter the divine conversation. It's meant to be a wrestle. And I loved a couple of weeks ago when Becca was sharing with us out of the um, First Nations translation of the, the Bible and they translate the word Israel as wrestles with God, which is its literal meaning. The literal meaning of Israel is wrestles with God. To be the people of God means to wrestle with God, not to just tick a box or not to just simply get it right. It's like to ongoingly wrestle with God, knowing that we can never nail down this mystery. And so I just want to say, like, we're going to be talking tonight about speaking and entering the conversation, but if you find it hard to hear from God, if you find it hard to know how to speak with God, and to God, that's okay. It's part of the wrestle. And you working that out in fear and trembling is actually part of your spiritual life and you're, you're like walking the road towards maturity. So I just want to let us all off the hook a little bit in thinking that there's some kind of utopia that we're trying to reach in terms of like speaking and listening to God. Um, last week I spoke about listening all the different ways that we get to listen in on this divine conversation. And I talked about Moses and the burning bush and how the burning bush in the desert was for Moses an invitation to turn aside and tune in And then we as a community kind of brainstormed all the different kinds of burning bushes that exist in our life. Like all the different ways we are invited by God to tune in. So, like, it's like a listening thing. Like, it's not like God's just there you know, blasting away and we either listen or we not. Like, God is a a wooing kind of God. He wants to capture our attention. Like, he wants to get your attention. And he'll use anything and everything available to him to get your attention. And for Moses, it was a bush on fire in the middle of the desert. And that captured his attention. For I've never seen a burning bush. God just has decided not to light fires in bushes around me. But I know what it's like to hear God with my body, I know what it's like to hear God with, my, like, with an inner peace and the still voice of the Holy Spirit. I know what it's like to hear God through other people speaking to me. I know what it's like to read scripture and to hear the voice of God coming at me through things written on the page. I know what it's like to look at Jesus and hear the voice of God coming to me. I know what it's like to, to suffer and in my suffering to sense the presence of God and hear God speaking to me so there's all different ways and last week we brainstormed them and like so what what did we come up with we came like nature for many people is like a really big way that we nature's like a burning bush it captures our attention it calls us forth to turn aside and in that turning aside God speaks to us often through nature through scripture through other people through silence um, through time and timing, the timing of things that comes up in our lives is often a way that God captures our attention through our bodies and embodiment, through inner voice, looking to Jesus, sermons, books and suffering. Like we, we I was really impressed with us as a church last week as we were like talking about burning bushes. I was like, wow, we, we, we're getting that creativity, uh, that creative discussion that God is happening. It's not like a, a mono spirituality that we have here, but it's like we... You know, we're stretching into all the different ways that God captures our attention so that we can listen to what he's saying, even though it's sometimes hard to discern, but we're getting it. So tonight I want to sort of flip and talk about the speaking side of entering the conversation, that part of the invitation to us to enter the divine conversation is the invitation to speak, not just to listen, we're not just like mute participants, but God invites us to speak and enter the conversation with Him. And, um, and I really what captured, what really has helped me in reading this passage and thinking about the spiritual life as a divine conversation is that has it has situated my spiritual life, for which, you know, I, in terms of the history of the world, I have a sliver of time to participate in the divine conversation. It's helped me situate my sliver in light of the whole thing. So it's like the conversation is always happening. The divine conversation, people trying to listen and speak to God, has happened for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years before I popped up and thought I'd give it a go. And I'm trying to figure it out in exactly the same way that everyone who has come before me has tried to figure it out. And the things that I learn, hopefully I'll pass on to others, but they will pop up and figure out this divine conversation. And it's the same conversation that's been going on. So it's been really helping me to kind of situate my own spiritual life, my own faith journey in light of the whole thing because I feel like whether or not this is just my completely egocentric view of my own life or the faith that I inherited but I just assumed in many ways that I, you know, was, I didn't really think I was the first to figure this out. I didn't. I don't think like that. But I genuinely think that growing up, I grew up in the church, you know, and, you know, go and have a quiet time, Carolyn. Go and, you know, speak to God and listen to God. And it has often felt like I've been making it up as I've gone along. Like I have been making it up as I've gone along. And I don't feel like I was given this grand vision that, yes, I'm here and, yes, I'm alive and, yes, I'm figuring it out but I'm just part of a long parade of wonderful people who've already entered the conversation. And maybe the words that I speak and the things that I hear are happening all around me and have been happening since time immemorial and will happen long after me. And so I find myself being able to draw from the richness of everything around me and feel far less alone. Like it's not just me and God trying to figure it out. It's not just me trying to have a spiritual life in a personal and a private way, I am swept up in the grand conversation. And there is so much to learn by knowing how I fit in that scheme and listening with ears that go before me and go after me. And there's a great, you know picture of this in scripture when we we come to Hebrews chapter 12 and you will be so familiar with these passages of scripture like Hebrews chapter 11 is that great like parade of faith where there's just a long list of people after people after people who've been faithful and we're called to like have faith like Noah and have faith like Gideon and have faith like Abraham and it goes on and on and on and on and then um, the writer of Hebrews gets to Hebrews chapter 12 and they write so since we are surrounded By this great cloud of witnesses, let us, and it goes on, let us throw off the things that hinder and entangle us and run the race marked out for us. But there's this idea captured in scripture, and these are a few different translations of that verse, that we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of faithful people, some who have gone before us and some we will never know that are following after us and they are Pioneers who have blazed the way, listening and speaking in the divine conversation, and they are now many of them in the metaphoric grandstands cheering us on as we are alive on this earth today, entering in the divine conversation. Like we are not alone, you are not alone in all that you attempt to do in listening and speaking to God. You are surrounded, before you and after you and everywhere around you by. You know, hordes upon hordes upon hordes of people who have wrestled with God, who have tried to tune their ears to what God is saying, who have tried to speak and enter the conversation. And, like, you are not alone. The things that you hear and the things that you say are not, you're not alone in that. You're a part of the great cloud of witnesses, the many people who've had faith all those who've gone before, the enormous cloud of witnesses. It's this wonderful picture of not being alone. You are not alone in your spiritual life trying to figure it out by yourself. You are not alone in your wrestling. You are part of this huge cloud of witnesses. Many who have had very similar struggles to you and have tried in the midst of all of that to figure out what it means to listen to God, to follow God, to be faithful and to speak. And so you are not alone. We are not alone. And I think this can be a great comfort to us in the spiritual life as we seek to just lean into the things that have gone before and and trust in what will come after us. And so what I'd like us to do tonight, I don't want to keep speaking, but I actually want us to spend some time brainstorming together in small groups. Now... Some of you will find this uncomfortable. That's okay. Just be uncomfortable for a few minutes. This is something we do do regularly at Central at different times. It's about engaging the wisdom of the room. Um, We do believe in preaching. We think preaching is helpful. But if it's just a mono voice coming out, there is so much that we miss. There is goodness sitting all around us. And and sometimes what you need to hear tonight isn't going to come from my mouth or through the microphone. It's going to come through someone else. And so we really value wrestling together, sitting together, listening together and kind of figuring out as we go. And I just really felt like this whole thing, this whole idea of entering the conversation with the ways that we speak is a really great way for us to bring um, the things that w- w- we are good at, the things that we understand, the things that energise us together into the room. So what I've done is I've brainstormed, like there's 10 there, no, 8 there. And this is not an exhaustive list, but this is just some of the things I've been thinking about in the last couple of weeks. These are all different ways that we enter the divine conversation by speaking. So what you could just say is, this is just all prayer. And you would be right to say, this is all prayer. Because all prayer is entering the divine conversation, whether you're listening or speaking. That's just what prayer is. But You know, when it comes to the idea of speaking in terms of entering the divine conversation with our actual words, I think these are some of the ways that we do it. We praise. We praise God. We praise God together tonight. You praised God in the midst of a room of people and you praised God in the midst of the great cloud of witnesses and the rocks and the stones and the trees and the magma and the stars and everything that has been created for the glory of God. So we didn't praise God in and of ourselves today. Whether we felt good about our singing or not, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of all the echoes of praise that are happening around the world through all things. So praise is one of the ways we enter the conversation. Petition and asking. Give us this day our daily bread. We've been taught to ask, to petition, to ask God for things. It's entering the divine conversation is about asking for the things that we need. There's this sense of outpouring that is part of entering the divine conversation. And in Lamentations 2.19, that's a verse that says, I pour out my heart in the presence of the Lord like water. And so there's this idea that one of the ways we enter the divine conversation is through an invitation to pour out our hearts like a glass of water. Just if you were to like pour everything out of a glass, or to pour out our hearts before God as an act of entering the divine conversation. But that is one way we enter, to pour ourselves out, everything that's in our heart. Lament. To lament is to enter the divine conversation. To lament is to, it's like to verbally grieve, you could say. To grieve, to mourn, to speak of loss. To lament is to enter the divine conversation. People have been lamenting to God since people can speak. When we lament, we simply enter the conversation that has been going on for a long time. Silence is one way that we enter the conversation without speaking. But we can, like we, we talked about listening as a, silence as a form of listening last week, but silence is also a form of speaking, that we come to God with a posture of silence, that what we offer to God is not our words, What we offer to the conversation is the fact that we have no words. So, all the times when we're speechless, you could say, before God, that's a way of entering the divine conversation by choosing to actively be speechless in the presence of God. Um, Wrestling and questioning, asking God why. The book of Job is a biggest example of this all people who have wrestled with God have asked God why when we wrestle and we question we enter the divine conversation protest when we protest to God we enter the divine conversation people have been protesting to God since the beginning in fact most of the great men and women of faith in Scripture protested to God and said that's not good enough God stop And God loved it when people did that. And he often interacted with their protests. When we protest what's going on around us, we join in the divine conversation that has always been protesting. This isn't right, God. This isn't right. And all that stuff within us finds its place in the divine protest that goes on. And then liturgy is another way that we enter the divine conversation. And I I guess what I mean by liturgy is the way that we use the written things. And scripture is a way that we use the written things and other prayers, the prayers of the church and the the ancient prayers. We've been taught to pray. When we pray the the Lord's Prayer, praying it as we were taught, we're praying liturgy. We're We're given a piece of words. We say those words alongside all the people that ever say those words and we enter into the divine conversation, not making it up as we go along, but entering in through words that have already been spoken. So what I would like us to do is, I mean, is to break up into some groups. Like, I would love you to pick one of these that you feel... Maybe you'd like to pick one that you're really good at just so you can, you know, have something to say. Maybe you'd like to pick one that you'd like to learn more about so that you can listen to someone who thinks they're good at it talk about what they think. Maybe you'd just like to pick one of these that kind of stirs your heart at the moment. And I'd like us just to gather, there's not heaps of us here and there's eight of those so we'll probably just be in groups of three or four. But to actually just talk about this together. And I've got a bunch of questions, if you can put up the next slide, Oren. These are some of the things that I'd like you to just talk about in your little group. Like, where do we see this particular thing in action in the lives of the saints, the great cloud of witnesses that has gone before it? Like, where where do we see it? You can, you know, mental scan your Bible... You can think of stories of people like just where do we see this in operation like what does it look like how we how have we been taught by those who have gone before us to enter the conversation in this way what does this way of entering in the conversation have to offer us as people who are also trying to have a relationship with god like what does lament have to offer us what does protest have to offer us what does pouring our hearts out in the presence of god have to offer us as people Think of some examples of this in scripture and in your own life. How does or how might God Himself join you in your speaking? So, as you protest to God, how might you actually hear God protest back to you? What would He say? Would He join your protest? Would He be like, I agree with you, this is not right? Would He join your lament? Would he join your silence? Like what, how might God actually, God themselves enter in? Um, and how might we understand our own experience of this way of entering the conversation as part of the greater whole? So I want you to, you know, like help us to kind of do that. So find, some, find a group that you'd like to sit in, um, gather together. We'll take 10 minutes... And Oren will flick back that next slide up so you can kind of see. Um, I know that if you're new or visiting that this is just weird. Just just roll with us. Just pick a group. Just sit and listen. It's okay if you don't have anything to say. But this is something we do to interact together as a as a community and listen and speak together. So let's take 10 minutes and and have a go at that. How, oh, How about we uh, just... Pivot the word of the day. No, you can stay in your circles. That's all right. And um, it'd be really nice to hear um, a little bit from every group. You don't have to. You don't have to answer every question. But maybe someone from each group can just share some of the the wisdom or the good things that came out. Like thinking about the way that we we enter this divine conversation. So Luke, do you want? You can run around.
1: Yep. Cool.
2: Ever, this is This is the moment when everyone like shrinks back. Going to, I I don't want to accept Fung, who wants to be the the, the spokesperson. That's pick cool. me, pick me. I you in my group, Mr. Wing a. Yeah, up. I know, I I volunteered elsewhere.
3: That's all right. For protest group, Uh just want to say loud and proud. Um, enneagram eight with a uh, wing seven. Just saying. Um, so eight in the enneagram is a challenger, and I've always identified strongly with protesting with God. I think it's the majority of my uh, spiritual. What do we call it? The spiritual, divine discussion, yeah, and spiritual practice. <laughs> um, but you have to be in a good place for it. So some Bible examples we got actually were not necessarily saints, but um, I don't know. Was Job a saint? No, he was just a story. Job and how he protested, how this isn't fair. But then, like you know, God, like you know, protested and argued with him. And then the guys at Sodom and Sodom and Gomorrah um and that story of protest and come on like you know can we get a few more here um give us a chance sort of thing and that bartering not bartering that sounds like an asian market like a um discussion with passion and and you know excitement with (laughs) with god and then god getting back in there and then jesus with his whip in the in the foyers against corruption and um you know all that sort of stuff so there's lots of protest there that is part of god's divine conversation and all of us were identifying all different places in our own lives personally where we're at with that if it's an internal discussion in dialogue in our heads or is it actually outpouring in action or in praise or in other ways of um of yeah protesting that works within our skill set or just within our personal journey with god so yeah fun stuff
4: very good
2: all right well i'm here i mean this cycle
4: dan So we were talking about silence um, and we spent most of the time just talking about how we can do that or some of the things that we get out of it personally and what really came out of it was that it's giving God an opportunity to talk back to us without our motives leading the conversation. Um, Like it's just an opportunity that he can talk to us about what he wants to talk about Um, and it's also uh, could be the discussion between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit about us. Sometimes you can hear into that sort of thing as well. um yeah, it's just about giving ourselves the opportunity to hear from God without having an agenda, which is pretty—it's uh, really good. And it's also really countercultural. Like in our culture, we're always told to like achieve stuff, chase stuff, go after stuff. But just sitting and doing nothing is totally outside that, which we think is why that's so hard for us to be able to do.
2: That's great. That reminds me of I think it's um, Henry Nouwen, yeah called prayer, wasting time with God. And I think that's that's a great thing for, of silences. It's like it feels like just wasting time, but it's anything but it's good. Um, who wants to back up?
5: Um, so our group talked about liturgy, and we had a really good mix of people who did did not grow up in a liturgical church, and some people that are either you know have been or are still a part of a liturgical church and um, yeah I think it's really cool like Rosemary shared that you know even for her in lockdown um, what she most looked forward to in what she most missed from church was actually getting to be together but but praying the liturgy that she really missed that and um, and yeah, we just talked about, we kind of talked about the questions, like, is it, is it boring to kind of say the same things over and over again, or is it actually something that's quite grounding, is it a structure that then really vibrant spirituality can grow from, um, we had a question about, like, if you want to start doing liturgy, like, where do you, how do you begin, where, where do you have, so I did mention Carol has a liturgy that she uses, and, um, maybe we could even get that, so, um, yeah, and that maybe even just talked about Central and whether we use liturgy and when we do and if we should more. And yeah, it was a really good conversation, I thought. Your letters, your letters. Yeah, so I mentioned that I heard um, Brian, Brian Zond, who's an American pastor, talk about liturgy in Sydney. And, and he was talking about it being, it's, liturgy is like a lattice, like a structure that then a really vibrant spirituality has, has the structure it needs to actually grow. And then he talks about how um, often we come to prayer and we're anxious or we're angry or we're tired or we're overwhelmed. And so those are the kind of prayers that we pray. But when we actually come and use the liturgy, that we can be formed by our prayers rather than just kind of replicating how we already feel, but we can actually shift our feelings and shift our perspective. Um, Yeah, so we had a good conversation.
0: whether you're in a big group or you're doing it by yourself, it is prayer as formation. It's the recognition that, you know, the life I have with God, I could just make it up on my own. Or I could draw from this rich historic conversation that's been ongoing and I might find myself in the words that someone else has written. And in the finding, I'm formed by those words and so I'm becoming more like Christ as I'm praying the words of Christ, the words of Christ's followers. And so it's like an entering in. And actually I do, I have come to really enjoy praying liturgically in my, um, even saying that like praying liturgically sounds, I don't know how you feel about those words, but I have found it liberating. Um, And if you're interested in exploring it, I have thought to myself, I should do a night for anyone who's interested in just in doing it, in introducing you know what it's like to pray liturgically, practicing it for a while, and then sharing together. So, if you're interested in that, and you think, I think my prayer life needs a bit more structure, I think I need to ground myself in someone or something that's gone before me. Just come and talk to me, and and, and I'll I'll do it. It's
2: anyway. good. All right, Linda. What was your group again? Uh, wrestling. wrestling. Oh, the wrestling group. What's <laughs> oh, <sorry.
5: laughs> That's what we talked about. We actually tried to work
0: out what it means to wrestle with God and there was a few different ideas. Um, I'm not very good at feeding back. Um, We talked a bit about um, was wrestling with God actually wrestling with ourselves and we talked about the fact that um, there's that whole thing of praying and wrestling with God about why didn't this happen, why didn't that happen, when's this going to happen when we've been waiting and waiting And we've not seen the things that we've hoped for or had faith for and they haven't happened. What else did we say? Anybody? Yeah, go on. Okay. (laughs) Um, We basically saw it, I think, as a way of um, unanswered questions, unanswered questions and outcomes and negotiating, maybe, or talking to God about what the outcome would look like um, and just recognizing that the process of wrestling is a really healthy one and the outcome can give us a very different understanding of god's character who he really is and what he wants us to engage with in that process
2: that's uh, just reminded me of i can't remember where we heard this but like for anyone that's got young kids and like the frustration of when kids fight with each other, it's like, oh, they, why are they fighting again? But um, this is, maybe just held on to this because it sounds good, but I heard that, you know, like if you, if you have kids that just never fight, if they never, then it's the sign that they're actually really disengaged emotionally with each other, whereas fighting while sometimes in the moment it's not healthy, it actually is a sign of engagement and Um, working things out together and maybe it's the same with us and God that, you know, it's probably tough in the moment but it's actually that ongoing give and take, push push back that's part of a healthy relationship. So, And probably related to protest too really, isn't it?
1: That's what I'm noticing as we're talking, how much each of them overlap so much and that outpouring was very much just blurting out all that was going on inside and whether that's... um in the, in the conversation, whether it's what's going wrong and what isn't okay and so complaining to God or sometimes you end up blurting out what God wants, you know, and you hear God's voice, whether you're a, a, a Mary or, or whether you're a, a, a Job, um, you know, it's, it's whether you, you are protesting and wrestling with God or whether you end up actually speaking out what god wants and what god's will is and you hear it and you think ah oh, where did that come from you know and it's like that outpouring that, that comes out we weren't we we wondered whether there was a bit of gender in the in the bible with that because all the a lot of the men seemed to be the protesting ones and the and a lot of the women the Ruths or whatever were saying what was what god wanted but we'll discount that um <laughs> But it's so, yeah, and we ended up either protesting or wrestling or actually speaking out, hearing, speaking God's words as well.
2: Yeah, that's great. Um, And then our little petitionary group over here, what what did we talk about? Um, I mean, did anyone else want to talk? No? Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I guess we, we talked a bit about how it has been problematic, I guess, because probably for a lot of us, our history in the church has been like petitionary prayer. Has been what prayer is like. Prayer is just asking God for stuff, and um, depending on your church background, that might have been presented as like, well, if you didn't get what you prayed for, then either you didn't have enough faith, or you just need to pray harder. Or so it sort of it has been a maybe a place of a bit of you know spiritual trauma for some people. Um, So we talked a bit about the problematic nature of that and the the wrestle of that for us. Um, And we also talked about how maybe it's actually just in the asking that is the the place of health for us. So um, like we were talking about um, one of our kids who just, like they need to, um, they really struggle to actually just tell us sometimes in in moments of anxiety or worry actually what they want. Um, and so Karen and I will often find ourselves so saying, what, what do you want, what do you need right now? And actually trying to help them to actually just be able to speak out the thing that they want. Um, not We probably already know what they need, but just to actually, for them to be able to say is really good for them. And so maybe it's the same for, for us to actually just be able to, to go to God and just say, God, I just need whatever it is that maybe that is actually a big part of, our, of the, a healthy journey for us with, with God. Um, and then we also talked about the, yeah, the idea of just in finding ourselves in lack and in wanting or in not understanding or in needing something and then praying and asking for that. We actually locate ourselves in, with the um, uncountable number of other people that have probably prayed or are praying or are yet to pray that same prayer. And so no longer are you just on your own praying something in your room, but you are with the community of faith that has stretched before us. And there's something really nice about that that takes away the, our own little struggle and places us um, with others and with God as well. And we talked about God praying those prayers the Holy Spirit groaning with us um, in want. So, yeah.
0: So good, guys. It's like really, really wonderful. If I can, like, I just want to leave you, leave you with this. Like, my, I guess my great heart in what we were talking about last week and what we were talking about this week is that you might have an imagination of your spiritual life as. Um, And the spiritual life, I should say, the life of the universe, the life of the world, the life of God interacting with humanity as one great giant endless river that is flowing continuously. It was flowing before you were born. It is going to be flowing after you're gone. And you pop up in the river or you're invited to jump in the river for for a moment of historical time. And God wants you in the river because he's in the river. In fact, he is the river. And he wants you to jump in and engage. He wants you to float when you need to float he wants you to swim when you need to swim when you sink you're gonna hope there's someone else in the river that'll reach down a hand and pull you up but God's the river you can sink in anyway and I'm sure you will just pop up somewhere else but this whole idea that your spiritual life is situated within the grand flow of the whole conversation and what you are going through right now you are not alone in What you are praying for right now, you are not alone in praying for it. What you are longing for right now, you are not alone in longing for it. What you're longing to hear and understand in God, many people before you and many people after you will long to hear and understand. And you can find yourself in the story, in the river, in the flow. Like you're not alone. You're not drowning. You're not failing in the spiritual life you're swimming with everyone who swims and I think that that image of us having a spiritual life together is a gift that scripture offers us and it's a it's worth knowing what you need like what do you need tonight do you just need to float down the river for a while do you need to rest yourself on the banks do you need to to know that if you're sinking someone's going to catch you do you need to just know that God is the river that you're in do you need to thrash and make a splash and like make some noise like what do you need because God is the river just in it we're in it we're in it together and I think that that's a it's just a helpful it's been helpful for me to think about entering swimming floating being in this great river the divine conversation long before me long after me and I'm I'm in it for now and so I want to bless you at the end of our meeting but this is what I do want to say if you would like someone to pray for you tonight um I'm going to linger here I'm really happy to pray for you there are other people in your group you might just like to ask someone to pray for you sometimes we need someone else to say the words for us, we need to hear the. Our heart needs to hear the words. We need to be blessed by resting, by floating, while someone else carries us in the divine conversation. And if you really feel like you've got something that you need to just receive prayer for, I I want us to be a community that offers that to one another. And so, um, be blessed. If you if you if you're feeling great, go outside and take your mask off and have a conversation. And and feel good but if you'd like to linger and have someone pray for you then just maybe just hang around you can ask someone you feel comfortable with come and talk to me there'll be others of us Luke or Becca or Linda or Cheryl who would love to pray for you and just bless you so whatever you do this week jump in the river find yourself in God and maybe try something new out of this list in the next week Do something that feels like you haven't done for a while and just engage this glorious conversation with with grace and with passion. So be blessed. Go from this place full of God, full of the river. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central.